This morning, I want to talk to you about a very uh, significant subject, and we're starting a series today, and the series is entitled Building Legacy. Building Legacy. Now, when you think about the word legacy, the word itself means something that is handed down or left behind. It is about what you and I leave, what we want leave behind. It is about what we want people to think about us. Um, I want to pose a question that none of us like to think about because none of us, um, you know, unless Jesus come back, we're all going to die at some point. Um, but the question is, what if when you die, the question is, what do you want to be remembered as? What legacy? What do you want? If you, if you, if you had to tell somebody that, you know, to write something on your tombstone to reflect your life, what would it look like? What would people think of you now? I'm just, just, just a thought. I know some of you are young, so I know this is hard. But, but if you were to lead this life today, would you be perfectly happy with the life that you've already lived? Would you, would you be fulfilled? And if not, then why? So hopefully in this series, we will talk about those things and we will bring you to a point where you begin to live life with a lot of purpose and understanding that every single day that you're living, you're sending a message. We have power to affect generations. In fact, some of you have had some good legacies that have been handed down to you. And then some of us have had some bad legacies, some bad things. And we, we scale back through the past of our families. We all can find some things that we weren't too particularly proud about. But the beautiful thing with Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. So then being in a new creation, then we have an opportunity to right the wrongs, the wrongs, the legacies and you know, that, that, that may have not been so good that's been passed down. We can change that by the way we live today. And if you have children today, then you want to particularly listen to this message because I want you to understand you are telling a story every day before your children. We, if, you're, if you got a job and you're working, every day that you go to that office, you are telling a story. How many, of the, how many know the Bible says that we are written epistles read of men? So every single day, even when you don't think it, somebody is taking a look at your life. Somebody, wherever you go, wherever you do, whatever your spheres of influence is, you're telling a story. You're leaving something behind. And, and, and my hope is that you're doing things and you're living your life in such a way that you would bring glory and honor to God because ultimately that's what we want to do. Because if you scale the scriptures and when you look back through the word of God, you will see time and time again, how many of you know that God is a generational God? That God always thinks about the next generation. It's a legacy. Everything that God does, it is about legacy. The way that we live, it is about legacy. He told Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to lead the people into the promised land. Moses, you're not going to go. But, but, but I made a promise to who? Abraham. And to his seed that they will be blessed and I will give him something, a land. And how many know that God, was, that God has been thinking about that 
every step of the way. And God is faithful to do his word, to do his will and to fulfill his word. So it's all about legacy, what we want to leave behind. This series will force us to deal with some realities. Maybe some things about your own life you're not too happy about, you're not too proud about. We're going to confront those things in this series. We're going to deal with those things in a way that is going to inspire you to live life on a higher plane. To live differently. Because whether you realize it or not, tomorrow is not promised. The Bible said your life is like a vapor. And many of us, we think, and this is why we, we get shocked sometimes when people die early or, or, they, or early, we, we suspect, or it's somebody who's young. And, because we all like to think, how many of you would like to think you're going to live a long, long, long life? Amen. That's what's so cruel about death. It comes sometimes even when it's unexpected. So, all, so my point is, all you have is today. You have this today. That's all you really have is today. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice. Today, if you hear his voice. And so the Bible has a whole lot to say about legacy. I'm not going to cover a whole. I'm going to try to screen this down because I'm going I'm, I'm to kind of tone this down a little bit or trim it a little bit, if you will, because I have so much here I want to talk about. But. The Bible has a lot to say about legacy. The Bible says, I give you a couple examples, and this is uh, in Proverbs uh, 13, 22, as we talk about the subject of legacy and introduce this series to you. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Thinking about the future. What are we going to leave our kids? It's not, how many know that in this context, it's, yes, money is a big part of it, but how many know that there's another part of life? There's another uh, part of legacy that has nothing to do with money. <laughs> it has to do with how you, how you live. By faith, Hebrews eleven seventeen, we read this, knowing Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark, uh, ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness. Noah was thinking about the next generation. These all died in faith, having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off, they were thinking about legacy. And as we think about legacy and as we be thinking about this for the entirety of this month, I want to start our series off talking about leaving a legacy, a legacy of integrity. Everybody say integrity. integrity. Character is most important. The most important thing in life is your character. Um, you often heard me say, and not just me, but many preachers say this, that your gift will make room for you. There's a scripture that talks about how your gift will make room for you. But there's something I always like to add to that. But your character will keep you there. Gift, your gift will make room for you, but your character. And I know today that we live in a generation that likes to put a lot of emphasis on the exterior. Am I right about it? If you don't believe me, look at Facebook. How many selfies did you do this week? <laughs> Oh, glory. I mean, you know, the, the, but people are, people are just almost addicted. Every time you turn around, people are taking pictures of themselves. And, and, and what they're really saying is they want you to see an image. They want you 
to see them a certain way. Image is how people see you. Your, your character is what you really are. The image is how people see you. It's what you want people to think about you. But your character is really who you are. Your reputation then starts within. I want you to get that. You know, this is why sometimes some people that we know of, whether in public service, you can be a preacher, a pastor, you can be a president, a congressman, uh, well, you know, a CEO of a company. This is what time, this is what happens sometimes when there's a certain image projected and then all of a sudden somebody does something that totally violates all the image that you saw them putting out there. And when we see that, we're like, oh, shock, I, what did he do? How do you know that he was busy working on the exterior? But he wasn't working on the interior. Jesus said about uh, the disciples, not the disciples, but uh, the Pharisees, that, 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 that you're full of dead man's bone and all corruption. And he said, you're like whitewashed graves that people walk on you. They don't even know what's in there. Because, because he said, you Pharisees, you put a lot of emphasis on the exterior. But, but how about trying, how many know that as a good Christian, if you're going to be a person of integrity, watch this, your focus must be on your heart. Who you are when nobody is watching. See, not what you want people to think, but who you really are. How many know that God judges the what? Saul. No, it was Samuel who came to anoint the next king of Israel. He looked at all the brothers, the uh, uh, siblings of um, Jesse. And, and the Bible says that, 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 that when the man of God was sent, when Samuel came out there, Samuel saw all these brothers and he was looking at them based on their outward appearance. And he was making a determination that that was the one God had chosen. And, and God, on a couple of cases, God says, no, Samuel, I didn't choose them. He says, God looks at the heart. God doesn't judge like man judges. God looks at the what? Heart. And he chose David. And he called David a man after my what? Which meant that David has some integrity. Because to go after God's heart means you got to have some integrity. Are you hear what I'm saying, church? So we talk about reputation. What you want. Who you are. It, it starts within. And if you, if you, if you, if you, if you try to create, try to build a reputation from without, you're going to have problems. You're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to struggle. Things are going to be revealed. It's not to say that we're perfect. It is just to say that we're people of integrity. We deal with who we are and we are honest. Everybody say honest. Christians must always tell the what? We must be recognized. And how many know that our politician today, if you don't realize this, character and integrity today is under severe attack. These jokers will lie at the drop of a hat and think nothing about it. And you know what's disturbing? That Christians, that we don't even, how many know the Bible says that we're to be separate, set apart, sanctified, and people can't even draw the distinction from the world and the church because we have allowed ourselves to be attached to something that is not, how many know truth does not discriminate? Truth is truth. I don't care who you are. How many know that, oh, good God, help me, Holy Ghost, that the Bible said that the church, the church is the pillar and the ground of the what? Truth. Which means then the church 
must lead the way when it comes to having the right character. Why? Because we have practiced this thing before God. We live our lives as if God is watching us every day because in reality he is. So I always laugh when our kids and always got kids and our kids are trying to sneak things. And sometimes as adults, as adults, we do the same thing as adults, right? We go to work, man, and we, you know, we're doing something we probably shouldn't be doing. Or then the boss shows up and you always tell because people snap. Like, why are you snapping up when the boss walks? What are you doing? You follow what I'm saying? We got, see, see, where to be, see, so I want to talk about this thing. So let me, let me just kind of deal with this because I'm, this is, oh God, I got so much in my spirit, but I got to condense it in about 20 minutes. The call toward integrity, the call toward truth, we're called to this. I want you to understand that, watch this, that the church, if we fail to be and to move in the spirit of truth, then we are not. The, the, the resolve to the problem, we are part of the problem. We are exacerbating the problem. We are perpetuating the problem. And the world remains in darkness because the Bible says that the church is supposed to be the light of the world. And when we talk about church, we're talking about individuals. How many know the church starts with individual? Church is made up of living stones, the Bible likes to call us. Jesus was a person of truth. The word integrity is best defined by some synonyms like honesty, faithfulness, sincerity, and innocence. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth. Everybody is looking for truth, right? Or to some level. This is what baffled people about Jesus. And this is why you can't escape the reality of the things that Jesus said. Either Jesus was a, a crazy or he is who he says he is, the son of God. And we believe that he is the son of God. The Bible says uh, in, in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and the word among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only God of the father full of grace and what? Truth. Full of it. Jesus embodies the truth. Everything about Jesus is truth. There, the Bible says there's no deceit in him. There is no sin in him. He is the way. He is the truth, not a truth, the truth. Oh, glory. Somebody say, give God the glory. Come on. And then 3 John 1, 4 says this. Jesus, and this is the Apostle John speaking. He says, and here's the calling for us. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in what? Truth. That you walk in it. That you live it. First Peter 3, the church is a pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, Proverbs 11, 3, the integrity of the upright will guide them. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Then it says Matthew 5, 48, listen to this. Therefore, you shall be perfect just like your father is perfect. In other words, we're to reflect his glory in the earth and live like Jesus lived. Jesus says we're to be 
perfect like our father. We're to pattern our lives. If Jesus is the truth, then we are called to reflect that truth because we have been given the task of carrying on his work. And if we're going to carry on his ministry effectively, we must operate in the truth. There's nothing more damaging than to have a ministry or a church that is manipulating and not walking in truth. What, is the, what are the characteristics of a person of integrity? Let's deal with that for a moment. Because now I want you to deal with this on a personal level. Like I said before, you may hear a couple things in here. And if the, if the Holy Spirit ring your doorbell, can you do me a favor and answer it? If the Holy Spirit ring your doorbell, because naturally you will hear a couple things in here. And your natural instinct is to, is to go, when somebody ring your doorbell, if you don't want to deal with it, you, you, you want to cover it up. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not me. And, and, then, and then first, then the next thing you want to do is you want to look at somebody else or say, that's brother so-and-so. I don't want you looking at brother so-and-so. I don't want you looking at sister so-and-so. I want you looking at your what? So we don't need you to be saying, well, that's you. No, you deal with you. This is between, listen, you and God right now. Are y'all hearing that this morning? So what are the characteristics of a godly person? And then I'll talk about what is the blessedness of walking in integrity. Because I'm telling you, there's a blessing. And we, if we can get our young people to understand this, man, if we can get the next generation to understand it, this would be absolutely, incredibly amazing. So what are the characteristics of a person of integrity? Well, the first thing is they tell the truth. Simple enough, right? Everybody say, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, put away lying. Everybody say, put it away. Let each of you speak truth with his what? Neighbor. For we are members one of another. So the Bible says, put away lying. As a Christian, it ought not be said of you that you are a liar. Oh, y'all hear me. You should be many. Listen, how many know that when everybody, when anybody think about you or talk about you, they should never talk about you as a Christian in the context of a liar. How many know that we're people of truth? This is how we function. This is how we live. This is why I'm very, be careful with small lies and big lies. I know we all have moments in time where we, we joke, we say things, amen. But we got to be careful because how many know we're building a legacy? And we don't want anybody to mistake in us. David said in Psalm 15, 1 and 2, we read it. He says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who, will, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly. Tells the truth, works righteousness, and speaks the truth in his or her heart. That means we're honest with God and we're honest with men. A person of integrity, they are not deceitful. First Peter says to rid yourself of malice and all deceit. So all deceit. And here's the problem, church, that 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 sometimes Christians, we, you know, and, and and you know, sometimes. Hmm, how can I say this? One of the things that Paul said, and I'm going to read this verse. Paul said this as it relates to uh, ministering the word of God. And, you know, because this is a, a really, really uh, important thing that we do here as preachers and teachers of the Bible. But he says we, but this is uh, 2 Corinthians 4, T, 4 uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. How many of you know that there are people today that are taking the word of God out of context and using it deceitfully? 
to push their own agenda. I hear it all the time. All you have to do is look at TV for five minutes. You see people, they'll quote the Bible and they always take it like, but drive me crazy. I'm just saying, can I be honest? Man, drive me crazy when some politician, man, they use the word, they use scripture and they take it out of context. Boy, that bothers me. But it drives me absolutely crazy. Handling the word of God deceitfully. Listen, I may have a personal conviction about something. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But if that person, if I, if I can't sustain the way I feel by the scripture, then I can't force what I'm personally convicted by on somebody else. I can't go beyond the scripture. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? So I may be tempted to say, like I used to have an old pastor who really felt like it was wrong for a Christian to go to a movie. He just felt like it was wrong. It was worldly. All right? Now you look and some of y'all are saying, what kind of church were you going to? Listen, just roll with it. Just, just, <laughs> just, just roll with it. Uh, but, 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 the, but the point of it is, or, or, or he thought that video games was sin. I'm just saying, if, if video games is sin, we might as well get half this church up here, right? Boy, y'all need to come to the altar right now. Because you're either playing it on your phone. I hope you ain't playing it on the phone right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know the Holy Spirit speak. Or you, you follow what I'm saying? So, so the, the, the point of it, what about I bring that up? <laughs> so, point, so. But, 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 yeah. So, but, but the point of it is, is that we cannot go beyond what the scripture says. Right. So just because I can't deceive, I can't take the scripture and make it say something or, you know, and we got to be very careful with that. Or, or we can't walk in deceitfulness when we are not when we're not being open and, and, and we're and we're being uh, manipulative because deceit is really advanced lying. That's really what it is. You know, whereas a lie is a lie. But deceit, deceit is advanced lying because that means that you can lie to a person. They don't even really know it. You know, or they can't figure it out right away. See, the Bible says we want to stay away from all malice and deceit. That should not characterize it. We don't, we don't walk in deceit. We walk in the truth. Another characteristic of a person of integrity is what? Watch this. They are faithful. You can count on them. You never have to sit back and say, I wonder what such is. They are faithful wherever. One of the characteristics of a person of integrity, you can always count on them. And then watch this. And there are people that keep their word. How many know we live in a generation today, man, they don't like to keep their word? You know, they'll say something, they'll switch on in a minute. Well, I just had a change of plan. <laughs> well, I just changed my, well, you said yes, well, I know. But, you know, what about, no, I, whatever, you know, God said something different to me today. No, I ain't doing that day. I, I just thought about it. Nope, nope. And it's almost like your word, how many know it used to be a time when your word was bond? The, Jesus says, don't listen. He says, answer yes or no. Yeah. Right? Because what he was saying was, if you say something, if you give a word about something, then watch this, church. You and I need to, we must honor our word. How many know your word is all you got? And if, and if you say things and you're not backing up what you say, or if you're not true to your word, nobody can trust you. You lose credibility. Now you're going to try to preach the gospel. If you follow me. And all they can think about is, listen. You're trying to tell them to get saved, and all, gonna th- all they can think about is last week you told them you were going to pick them up and you changed your mind. You never showed up. Are y'all following me? They, you know, well, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. All they can think about is every time you, I can't depend on you. You never show up for work on time. In fact, when there's a project done, you're, you're late. I, I can't, I, you're, not, you're not, you know, and then, well, you need to know Jesus. Well, they, well you need to. Do what you said you're going to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? We need to be people, whatever we say. How many know 
Let your, let your words be yea or nay. When you say it, it is so. People of integrity, they are transparent, right? They speak openly. You ever talk to somebody uh, and, uh, and you feel like you always, you, you talk to a person and feel like, man, like they're shifty, like they ain't telling you something. <laughs> you ever talk to somebody, like, like you're having a conversation, you know, you're having a conversation and you just, somehow you just feel like you can't put your finger on it, but you just feel like, man, they, they're, they're not transparent. They're not open. They're, they're hiding something. You ever talk to somebody, you just feel like, you're hiding something from me. You don't know what it is, you know, but you, you ever talk to your kids like that sometimes, right? Your kids or your grandkids or whatever, and then you talk to them, and, and, and especially when you confront them, especially when you catch them into something. Now, what, we should, what our kids should learn to do is, have me know that all of us are sin and falling short. Come on. There are no perfect people, right? But listen, but if we're good parents, we teach our kids, when you blow it, just admit it. What usually happens when they don't admit it? So you got to tell one lie. What? Usually one lie means you got to tell several. And I'm one of those kind of people because I've been trained in this. I know how to dig. You know, and my wife would say to me sometimes, don't be treating me like a detective. <laughs> just, you know, because I'm just saying. But, but yeah, you ever meet people like you talk to them, man. It's like people shouldn't talk to us and they feel like we're shifting. I, every time I talk to you, man, I feel like my head is spinning because I can't pin you down. You're all over the map. I can't believe nothing you say. How many know it shouldn't be that way with Christians? People, look, listen, people to see us as transparent. Hey, I'm not perfect, but if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you. You follow what I'm saying? I'm going to be honest with you. We need to be people who are transparent. We need people, watch this. Another characteristic, I know this is folk ain't going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway in Jesus' name. Because I checked with the Lord. He said it was all right. See, a, so a person of integrity, see, another characteristic of a person of integrity is they keep company with other people of integrity. See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good character. Now, it is not to say that as a, you know, if I'm a Christian, I'm trying to reach people who are walking in darkness. See, I'm going to have to talk to them. So I'm not saying that we can't talk to people. I'm talking about people you run with. How many know that you ought to be careful who you hang out with? Amen. Listen, because I'm going to tell you this. See, if you're walking with Jesus, can I say this? Hey, watch this. Y'all ready for this? See, if you're really saved, and I like to say that. Y'all know how I say that. But you know what I mean by that, talking, slinging. But if you're really saved, if you're walking with Jesus and you got a friend who is not at all, at some point, oil and water ain't going to mix. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Either somebody going to repent. Or somebody going, hey, how you doing? But we ain't hanging out. I can't hang with you because you're going to, you follow what I'm saying. Watch this. So if you got a friend who is, watch this. I ain't going to like this. Come on, say amen with me. Come on. Y'all trust me? See, if you got a friend and you, now you saved, but you got a friend that's an unbeliever and they feel very comfortable around you, sinning around you, then maybe perhaps you're not sending the right message. I'm just, I just want you to think about it. Because why are they so comfortable? And how come you never talk about Jesus? <laughs> why are they so comfortable right now? How come I'm just, you know, are, are you follow what I'm saying? See, so watch this. Here's what I do know. And young people, you got to hear this. See, we're building, we're talking about legacy. So if I'm constantly running around with liars and deceivers, <laughs> you watch me, then more than likely, 
it might affect my witnesses because every time I turn around, I mean, they're always hanging together. And, and, and here's the old saying, birds of a feather what? <laughs> Walk like a duck, quack like a duck. <laughs> you follow me, right? So we got to think about, so listen, I tell our kids all the time, don't just jump up in the car with anybody because you don't know. I, I can tell you, that when I was a police officer, I arrested a lot of people who would always say to me, I didn't know they were involved in that. I didn't know they were like that. I didn't know those drugs was in the car. And y'all follow me. So I'm trying to help you. Now, a lot of times they were lying. You know that. But, but, but there was some, there was sometimes when they, they didn't know. Why? Because they didn't live a life of purpose. See, when you walk with purpose and you walk with God, how many know God will show you some things? And you ain't going to just jump and run around with anybody. Are oh, you hearing me, first lady? You, you ain't going to just run and jump with anybody because you live a life of purpose and you don't want, listen, you're building something. See, you're building something. See, young boys, you got to be careful. Young boys, watch, be careful who you hang with. Young girls, be careful what girls you hang around. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because there are some people that got reputation, and if you're attached to that, I'm going to tell you something. Well, listen, if the, if, he, if the police or the authority want to question the person that they suspect did something and you running with them, what do you think the chances are? They might want to have a conversation with You're building legacy. So that means I got to walk with purpose. I will say, I will be nice and loving and kind to everybody. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? But they're going to know where I am, where I stand. They're going to know what kind of person that I am. So we got to be careful who we, hung, we, hang, we, we hang around. And then a person of a, 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 another characteristic of a person who walks in integrity, they don't compromise their integrity no matter what the circumstance. They don't. See, sometimes, how many know that Pressure has a way of bringing out what's really inside of you. You know, it's funny. Uh, years ago when I first started golfing, I started golfing like in 96, 97. So, and, um, you know, and uh, I thought I had defeated some things. I thought, you know, I thought like profanity and cussing was like out of my vocabulary. It's like, man, I'm good. And then I started golfing. And then a couple of times I found myself, you know, hitting a bad shot. You know, look. You know, saying something, I said, man, where did that come from? Uh, yeah, Woo, wow, what did that, I thought, and then, you know, you feel bad, you feel down, you feel bad about yourself. Because pressure sometimes, when you get through things, if you're going through some things, or let's say if you got problems financially, or you're, you're under some kind of a, let me tell you something, pressure, if you're not careful, will cause you to, or, or, will at least tempt you to, watch this, to uh, compromise your integrity. Man, you know, I, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of being poor. I'm tired of not having all the stuff I want for Christmas. I'm tired of being out. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lie a little bit on the application. I'm going to fudge a little bit. Yo, you know, matter of fact, uh, you know, I'm going to use somebody else's name because I'm under. Y'all follow me. Pressure. Everybody say pressure. See, pressure is going to come. But here's the key. You cannot allow yourself to throw away. How many know your, your integrity and your character is all you got? Don't sell it cheap. It, look at, look at they say this. I want you to repeat after me. My integrity, my integrity. And, my and my character is not for sale. Not for sale. It's not giving it up. 
for nothing and nobody. You are not that important to me. Job had this opportunity. Remember Job, the Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse 3. Watch this, I'm going to read this verse. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you, have, you, have, you, have you even thought about Job? You know, this is God actually bragging on Job, right? Job was a righteous man, the Bible said. And then the God, God's bragging on Job so much, he's having a conversation with Satan. Have you considered my, my servant Job? That there is none like him on all the earth. A blameless, and he's an upright man, one who fears God, and he shuns evil. But watch this. And he still hold fast to his integrity. Although you incite me against him to destroy him without a cause. Job with all that pressure that was on him. All that temptation. Because sometimes you'll be faced with temptation. You'll be faced with, with pressure. You know, you'll be faced. Hey, if the, if the lady, uh, listen, if the woman at the cash register gave you more change than what you were supposed to have, don't walk out of the store talking about Lord, uh, thank you for the blessing. Turn your butt back around because more than likely she's going to be short at the end and she's going to have a, y'all hear what I'm saying? See, integrity says, ma'am, you made a mistake. If the blessing is from God, you tell us to have the, you know, here's what happened and then they'll bless you for it. If, it, if you follow what I'm saying? But this is what, this is what Christians do sometimes, man. You know, we'll take, oh, God, the Lord just blessed me. And here they are, they about to lose their job and you walking away with $100 saying God didn't bless you. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Because the cares because they made a mistake. See, integrity, see, and, and you're thinking, man, I'm going to keep this, man, because it's pressure, man. I ain't got to, I got to pay a bill. I got to eat. I got to eat. And you know, I got to get that, I got to get that Xbox for my kids. Now, I'm trying to be funny, but I'm trying to be serious at the same time. I want you to understand that, that we all face pressure. But don't ever, when you get pressure, and sometimes pressure of temptation or whatever it might be, don't throw away. Because how I many know once you throw away and compromise your integrity, it is hard to get back. You lose something that you can never, ever get back. Though as hard as you try. How I many know that there are some folks that have messed up bad in society? They may have recuperated and they may have recovered to some extent. But boy, they are not what they used to be and they don't have the same level of influence because they compromise their integrity. Um, David brings to mind David. David, the Bible says, um, how I many know that David wasn't a perfect man? But why did God call David? David murdered. Did anybody here murder anybody? No, no, don't, don't, don't. Um, uh, David murdered. He committed adultery. He was a deceiver. But yet God said that David is a man after my own heart. You know why? Because David was painfully honest and transparent before God. Totally. His heart was right. His heart was in the right. He did some dumb stuff. How many of you have done some dumb stuff? Come on. How many of you have done some dumb? Don't leave me out here by myself. How many of you have done some dumb stuff you know you shouldn't have done? We all have. We all have done some stupid stuff. But listen, be a person, a person of integrity says, you know what? I did something stupid and I'm going to own up to it. Just, you know, it's, it's David, David says, in Psalm 51 was a whole psalm about David repenting. He said, Lord, created me a new heart. 
renew. He said, he said, I've sinned against you, and I alone have done this thing, God. He took responsibility. People of integrity, they take responsibility when they blow it. It's just what they do. It doesn't mean, integrity doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that you own up to it. And your heart is right before God. It's an amazing thing. So anyway, I can't, I got to stop there because I ran out of time. I may pick up because I want to talk to you about the blessedness of walking in integrity. So I can, I'm going to see if I can pick up on that next week uh, about the blessing of walking in integrity. But I just want to encourage everybody in this room today. I want to encourage you. We, we are building something. You are building something right now. You're building right now. Man, you're building something. And I, and I started this I started this sermon with a question. I want to end it with that same question. If you were to go today, what do you want people to say about you? More importantly, what would people really say about you? Are you a person of integrity? Are you a person of, of character? Maybe you come from a family of liars and deceivers. Of a family of, un, of unfaithfulness, you know, and, and uh, you know, I know some people, man, who have a family, they come from a family of divorce um, because you come from a family of, of, of one of the spouses, their, their whole family, their brothers, their fathers, their uncles, they, everybody was an adulterer. Everybody. Yeah. So, you know, it's passed down and that's a legacy. And maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. If you're a Christian, you're going to change that. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna leave a different lady. No, you know, I'm not living that way. That's how, I just spoke to you about my family. My family on my father's side. It was that way. Maybe that's, I come from a generation of adulterers. And it was a norm. And I just had to change that. But I changed it through the grace and the power of God. And so now I understand the power of integrity. Because watch this. I got to leave a legacy for my children. I want to leave something for them. I want, to, I want them, when they leave my house, I want them to, they, they're, going to, they're going to tell you mom and dad ain't perfect. They will tell you that. But they will say, you know what? They walk in their integrity. You know what? And, 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 that's, and that's what you want to do. That's the legacy. You want to start that today. So, if, so, here's what, so here's what I want to ask you to do. So if you have done some things or said some things, that haven't represented the kingdom of God. Let's say you violate your integrity and your conscience and you, and you pass that down and your kids saw it or somebody you know, then you know what? Here's what I would do. If the Holy Spirit convict you, you need to go back and make it right. Say, look, I got, I got a problem. I, got, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something I did. I messed up. Now, why? Because God will bless you for it. How many know that, that a broken and a contrite heart, the Bible says God will not despise? He will not despise it. We got to be people of integrity more now than ever before because ain't nobody telling the truth no more, church. <laughs> Look around. Ain't nobody telling the truth no more. You can't even go get your car fixed. Am I, am I right about Elise? We were talking about that this morning, Walter, that you can't even go get your car fixed. They see it. They're trying to tell you you need stuff you don't need. Come on. You know, I, I, I can't even get an oil change, bro. Why are you trying to tell me I need a new engine? Please. I don't like engines. Fine, it ain't smoke. What? Why are you trying to do this to me? Are you following me? I just I don't know. But the Bible says, and the Bible talks about blessed is a man that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Isn't it about a hunger and thirsty for just a truth? That's truth. Then be that. Be it. 
be that person and represent our God well. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in